Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. All right. Thanks for joining us. This is Chris McNamara, Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Mark Hungerford. Mark is the VP of Global Customer Support with L2L, Leading to Learn. Mark, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, let's jump into a little bit about um, who you are and what is L2L and what's your focus? Sure, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Again, I'm the VP of Customer Support for L2L. So basically, uh, myself and my team manage the, the global implementations of our cloud-based solution, L2L, which is uh, comprised of um, a number of solutions for manufacturing, uh, predominantly around CMMS, MES type solutions, really to ultimately provide value and improve the overall shop floor execution. Okay, so excellent. Um, a phrase that I, uh, I see you guys use that I find interesting is that you address chaos on the manufacturing floor. What do you mean by that? What, what is chaos in the manufacturing floor and uh, what's the best way to remedy that? Yeah, that's, that's, a, uh, that, that's a great uh, topic, Chris. The, the way I describe chaos is if you've ever been in a manufacturing environment and you, you hear just things over the paging and you walk by whiteboards and there's post-it notes everywhere. Right. What we typically find is there's tons of different information flows in various workflow um, solutions, be it you know, walkie-talkies and, and various other things that are all trying to manage chaos. Mm -hmm. And they do so kind of haphazardly from our perspective. So we really work with our customers to put process around that chaos and really give them solutions to help um, really have a process for each of those that's unique um, to really provide a more effective tool in managing that, uh, that chaos. Yeah, give me your take. Do you find that as a lot of these data-driven digital approaches, a lot of this, these smart initiatives are taking place, are manufacturing floors getting less chaotic than they were 20 years ago, or is it just a new form of chaos? You know, it's yes and no. Um, I think the digital transformation up to this point um, has provided a lot of huge benefits, particularly on the machine side of things. Right. Um, so I do think it's it's transformed the machine side of things uh, substantially. Um, we do see there's there's still a tremendous amount of chaos in in the um, in some of the ancillary type of areas. So around quality, material management, safety. Um, some of those areas that are not as directly tied to machines still uh, still are lacking there from a tra digital transformation perspective. Yeah. And then I, I know you guys make the argument that, you know, as much as 90% of shop floor workflows are not being addressed by traditional uh, manufacturing systems. Uh, touch on that there. Why is that still so problematic and what's the fix? Yeah, I think, you know, from, from that perspective, um, what we see is there's so many disparate systems out there in the, in the environments. Right. Um, and so much of it is still done in Excel and SharePoint documents and paper documents. Um, so when you think about a, a traditional, let's say MES implementation, it's really been machine centric. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you really look at some of the areas that I've touched on, those are just a few of them. Um, when you think about things like, you know, MSDS or, uh, training and skills and those types of areas, 
there's so many things that really impact the shop floor. Um, even lockout tagout, for example, you know, how are those types of things integrated into, you know, manufacturing systems? And a lot of times those don't make the cut, you know, on a traditional MES solution. And they're typically, right. that's not in the scope. And so, um, you know, there's a, there's just a lot of those is what we've come to realize uh, by working with our customers. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, sometimes, um, as these smart, you know, everything touts how simple it is. As sometimes these solutions get it, get put into place, they can they can compl complicate things further. So that's uh, always top of mind for uh, the the solution providers and the end users. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another thing top of mind for everybody is uh, the pandemic. Um, we're recording this here in uh, February first, twenty twenty one. Um, how did the how did L two L fare throughout the pandemic, and and what's going on as we emerge, hopefully, from this uh, challenging period? We've we've um, you know we've done pretty well. You know what what's unique about our business is that we enable um, digital transformation um, and also remote working. Um, so having a cloud solution that you know a lot of our customers have gone through various stages of the pandemic where you know they couldn't go to work you know yeah. managers you know engineers and various other roles and being able to access data and be able to see actually what's happening on the shop floor our product really enabled them to do that um, so it's certainly um, many customers have, have seen our tool as, as kind of like a you know we don't know what we would have done without you guys so um, our business has been pretty solid you know certainly there was a lot of uncertainty at the beginning of the year uh, or a year ago I should say around this time sure um, but I would say most customers in manufacturing um, has come out of it, um, you know, and they've, they've figured out ways to do it, you know, and leverage the tools that, uh, that they have available to, to con continue to manufacture as efficiently as they can, um, you know, with regards to, you know, making sure that they keep employees safe first and foremost. Yeah, it's interesting to see um, how this pandemic, you hate to use the term like a silver lining, but um, how it has accelerated a lot of these things that, that people have been uh, considering for the past couple of years. I, the phrase that I hear a lot is it's, it's transformed, you know, nice to have initiatives into, you know, need to have things. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that we're seeing customers uh, and potential customers that had kind of dragged their feet and maybe weren't sure if they were ready to take that step, you know, really, you know, making that leap and, and really jumping in and, and realizing that it's not as big of a, an undertaking is maybe what they, you know, originally thought it might be anyway. Yeah. And let's use that as a segue. L2L um, is a sponsor of our upcoming spring version of our um, semi-annual webinar series, Insight. Um, and um, the, the webinar, let me pull up the date here. The webinar that is on May 14th focuses on a minimalist approach to digital transformation. So kind of keeping in line with that of, you know, a simplest, not simplistic, but a simplified approach and, and, you know, addressing the, the concern that a lot of people have that, boy, this thing is, this, this is so daunting. I don't know where to start. I don't have a million dollars to direct to this thing. So um, using your term there, um, what is a minimalist approach to something as, as seemingly complex as digital transformation and can a minimalist approach actually work? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. And, and, and kind of a background on this, Chris, is I read a few books on minimalism, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and, and really kind of thought about this from the manufacturing perspective. Um, and, I'm, you know, it kind of came to me like, you know, there's, 
there's a play here and this, there's, there's companies that I think fit into this situation. And, and to answer your question, I think it absolutely can. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges, as I mentioned earlier, that many companies face um, when embarking on like a digitalization journey is, is taking that first step. Right. You know? um, oftentimes, I think they, they try to shoot for the moon or they, they build into a really huge project when you know, potentially narrowing the focus and maybe making, you know, uh, focusing on more meaningful data um, can really enable taking a bigger first step without, you know, overwhelming yourself. So, yeah. You know, Give yeah. me an example of, of meaningful data. Um, I'm sure, you know, people would think, well, everything coming off my machine is meaningful to me, but what's the most common example of, of you know, the most meaningful field data coming off a machine? Yeah, I would say the, the most meaningful data is any data that relates to um, a problem that, that you've either identified or is a, is a known problem that you have within the organization. So you can collect millions and millions of, of data and tag uh, um, information within, within systems, um, but if you can't react to it, then it's, it's not meaningful, basically, right? So okay. um, it just goes into what we call kind of a data graveyard. So any data that is helpful in solving a known problem within your organization that, that you've embarked on trying to, you know, nail it down and, and ultimately solve it to root cause is what I would call, you know, you know useful. And, yeah, uh, data that can be translated into a, an insight, an actionable insight, as opposed to just a data graveyard. Uh, plot. Um, talk to me, you know, we oftentimes focus on the, the uh, technology components of these things or the strategy components, but, um, you know, it's ultimately uh, as wonderful as software might be, it's humans with their hands in the mix here. Um, how, how is the human component uh, in, uh, important to a kind of a minimalist approach to digital transformation here? I would assume that's probably more appealing to, to the majority of people who, who have to work with these programs as opposed to like a super complex digital transformation. Um, so how does that affect the adoption from the human players? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think what we find uh, with, with the clients we work with all over the world is, is the biggest transformation doesn't necessarily come from the digital transformation itself. It actually comes from the people and their relationship and their reaction to the information that they're getting. Hmm. Um, so digital transformation, as much as I think we'd all like it to be, isn't a magic wand that you, right. you kind of wave over your plant right. and it just solves all your problems. It really promotes, um, you know, make, having data to make the right decisions, to make sure you're focused on the right problems and that you're prioritizing things uh, efficiently within your organizations. Um, you know, and one way to look at it is, you know, if, if you're not solving, let's say you have a, what you might think is a pretty basic data set, maybe it's even captured manually or something like that. Yeah. If you're not solving problems with that data that you have now, it's really unlikely that by gathering more data, you're, you're going to start solving more problems. Right. Um, and so uh, it just, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what we find is also a lot of, a lot of our um, companies that we work with, they really can get stuck in kind of the uh, analysis by paralysis um, and overanalyzing. They, yeah. they kind of get some stuck in, well, I don't, I don't know if this is the right thing to work on. So they kind of, um, you know, they'll kind of, uh, 
you know, punt on really taking that first step and, and moving forward. And with that in mind, that, that just further validates a, a minimalist approach of, of narrowing the focus and, and prioritizing what it is you, what problems you want to solve and the method of doing that as opposed to trying to, you know, adopt this, this daunting concept of digital transformation. Exactly. Um, in that vein, give me a, a, a common um, strategic uh, tactic um, to, to, to maintain this minimalist mindset or this minimalist approach um, with the eye on scaling efforts down the road. Is there some, some common um, tactic that you often see implementing early on that, that works most often? Yeah, you know, we work, you know, working with clients, I think the, the trick or tactic that I guess I, I would use is, is starting small and, and thinking of it as an evolutionary approach uh -huh. versus an IT project. Um, a lot of customers that embark on a digitalization journey see, see it as a, a starting point and an ending point. And we're going to get funding and we're going to implement this huge, you know, digitalization or IT uh, integration project. And uh, at the end of it, we will have arrived. Right. Um, and unfortunately, those customers typically spend too much and spend too long um, on that journey and never ultimately realize that ROI that they hope to achieve. Um, so really, you know, what we recommend and, and what we've seen successful in the industry with regards to integration is a lot of companies aren't that familiar with it. So um, they're learning as they go. Yeah. Uh, so what we find works best is let's say you've got a, a you know, a manufacturing plant, you know, anywhere, right. And you pick an area or even a line, let's say it's one of your biggest, you know, problem children lines and uh, identify what are some of the top problems on that line. And, and then how can you, first of all, baseline, what data do you have there now that told you that was a problem area? Maybe mm -hmm. it's just efficiency or OE or something. And then identify, are there some smart sensors or is there additional data that through integration or uh, through IoT, IoT sensors that we could supplement our data with to get more data to make us, uh, to, to give us more information to be able to solve this problem. Yeah. Um, and, and by doing that, you're going to learn a lot of things. You're going to learn, you know, what data really makes sense? Uh, what level of data do I really need? Um, and is it actionable? Um, and by doing that, it's amazing to see how customers sometimes realize that they may not need, you know, as big of a project as what they thought. Um, and, and it's really more of an evolutionary approach to, to really engaging in, in a digitalization journey, um, you know, really through ROI uh, as part of the process as well. Well, sure. I mean, you have to validate these efforts, right? You have to, to, to show that it's worthwhile and, and use those to scale uh, initial wins. Yep. Um, last question for Mark. Let's back things up here. Um, big picture. Uh, as we are in the, the early months here of 2021, um, what most excites you about all of this digital transformation stuff? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I certainly am excited to, to hopefully round the corner with COVID and, and whatnot, because uh, we haven't been able to travel and, and see our customers. And I always am excited to see our customers. So hopefully we'll see that make the turn. But in terms of you know, what I'm excited about with regards to digital transformation is, is really seeing, seeing the, the, uh, the, the younger generation is now coming into the workforce. And what's exciting about that is 
they're really pulling for more digitalization within uh, manufacturing. Um, they're also working with some of the more seasoned colleagues um, yeah. to help them. Yeah. Um, and then also seeing the way that technology is enhancing the way companies are solving problems. Um, and so I'm really excited about, you know, that partnership um, and, and the way the, uh, the younger generation is coming in and, and, and helping um, the older generation make that shift because it's, it's happening pretty fast, um, but it's, uh, it's really exciting all at the same time. So. And do you find that a young uh, worker, team member, a digital native, let's say, I mean, this is, this is second nature, a lot of these, these you know, things, as opposed to kind of a, uh, an aging worker who might have to learn a new approach to, to doing things with the phone in their pocket. Um, a, a, you know, a 25-year-old coming in, that's how they're used to, to learning and how they're used to working. So it's, it's, it's kind of natural to them. It, it really is. And, and what we're finding is they're kind of expecting and, um, you know, they're really expecting to see more of that. Yeah. You know, so that's the type of thing that's attracting the talent um, when they see companies that are doing um, things that are a little more, um, you know, a little more forward advanced in terms of uh, uh, digitalization. Um, and so it's it's definitely a, a difference, you know, because you've got people that, you know, certainly aren't as tech savvy. Um, but then again, you know, I, I've seen people that are in their 60s and in, in, in the workplace who are killing it on you know tablets and, and mobile devices and, and applications. That what really has has become very evident is you know whatever system you use, it, it has to be user friendly. You know because sure. you're going to have a wide range of of users and, and experience levels. So it's just got to be user friendly, whatever it is. Um, but uh, it is exciting to see um, how that's transitioning uh, going forward. Yeah, very cool. Mark Hungerford of Leading to Learn, LTL. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. It's been great uh, great talking with you today. Yeah, and thanks for everyone for joining us here who is listening. Uh, if you want to dive deeper in with Mark, we're going to get more into um, how to succeed with a minimalist approach to digital transformation on May 14th as part of our Insight webinar series. Uh, and that'll be live on that day, and it'll be on demand um, moving forward from there. Uh, once again, thanks, Mark. Thanks, listeners. And as always, we remind everyone to go out and make it a smart day. <laughs>